Hello, dreamers of all ages, and welcome to the Disney Adults Podcast, the podcast where we chat all things Disney, like real adults. Let's meet our ghost hosts. I'm Mint. I'm Mabel. And we're I like... Start off. <laughs> Sorry, I totally cut you off. <laughs> we're off to a real great start tonight. But I like how I do like all these hand gestures, like anybody's ever going to see them. I'm doing my Twitch faces, like... You know, being really happy and perky, like anybody can see me except you. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe one day we'll post uh, video episodes of it on a Patreon if we ever get one. You know? <laughs> All right. So let's start off with our weird Disney facts for the week. So my weird fact has to do with Tower of Terror and Haunted Mansion. And I talk about both of these today. And in the parks, if you see like a wait time for any other ride, if it's, I can't remember if it's five or 10 minutes, but like five or 10 minutes, it means that it's minimal walk on. Like you basically mm -hmm. will walk onto this ride and you aren't going to wait at all. Or like, you're going to wait like a minute at most. For... They always had their times to make guests. Yeah. Yeah. Happy. They, they can't like say like zero minutes, but like five or 10 basically means you'll be instantly on the ride. However, mm -hmm. For Haunted Mansion and Tower of Terror, this minimal wait time number is the number 13, which I thought oh, was really cool. I didn't know that, and I love yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know this either, and then I was like, that's so funny. That's that really the number cool. 13. And the I number 13 yeah, comes up again in my Tower, or no, in my Haunted Mansion write-up, but I just thought that ah. was cute. Yeah. For once, I think... Except for last episode where we did, you know, cult cult favorite Disney movies, I think this is the first episode where we're talking about parks things that I'm not talking about the Tower of Terror. I was gonna say I'm not talking about the Haunted Mansion, but I am. <laughs> I forgot I forgot what I wrote up already because the first half of it I did earlier in the week. But yeah, for once I'm not talking about the haunt the Tower of Terror, which is surprising. Yeah, <laughs> and All I right. offered to let you talk about it too. I know, but I I want to. I was gonna do it, and then I was like, "No, you've got this. I, I'm gonna let her do it. You you yeah. found it. You get you get to do it." Um, all of mine are really kind of common things. I feel like um, my fact. I'm also going to simul in simultaneously introduce our topic for the week. We are doing creepy Disney parks stories, and my fact. I tried to make a little bit creepy. But I think it's really funny because it's only creepy if you've listened to our podcast. It was a myth that I found that turned out to be true. Uh, a man once got stuck on It's a Small World for 30 minutes <laughs> and sued and won for emotional damages. And this is made, I mean, most people would hear that fact if you're a normal person who just kind of knows about the parks you'd think haha that's really funny he had to listen to that for 30 minutes if you have listened to this podcast he had to sit there for 30 minutes with the arm dolls flailing wildly while their yarn hair silently grew gross that ride that's... i already didn't love that ride that ride is forever i will never get on that ride again like you ride that ride and like every room you come into you're like this has to be the last room and then it just keeps going like it just it never ends like it's a small world is the song that never ends you'd think that they could have turned off the soundtrack for that poor man yeah that's <laughs> that is really creepy <laughs> and yeah. i love that he won 
So the problem, I didn't do it. I mean, it was just supposed to be a quick fact. So I didn't do a lot of diving into this, apparently because he was paraplegic. He was not able to use the same oh. evacuation routes as everybody else. So everybody else was able to get off when that, the ride got stopped. That makes it so much worse. Like right? being alone. <laughs> right? I don't know if he was alone or if maybe people stayed with him. But I, I'm assuming that he sued something about ADA. Right. Because they should have a way to get guests right. off of that ride if something happens, if something goes wrong, you know? Which would make yeah. sense. I, like I said, I did not do a deep dive into it. I saw poor man get stuck sitting next to dolls whose hair is growing. And that was my fun <laughs> fact for the week. And nice. yes, he sued and won. As he rightfully should, because that's fucking horrifying. Yeah. Um, but yes, like I said, our topic this week is creepy Disney stories. So these are myths, urban legends, ghost stories, creepy pastas, all creepy things about Disney to start us off on our spooky time of the year. Yeah. Which we like, are clearly very excited about. Yeah. Like right when this gets posted, it should be like the first weekend of spooky of 2021. So I'm excited. Yay. I'm excited to have an actual spooky month where we can go do things because I know. Pandemic ruined the perfect Halloween of our lifetimes. I, I will like, forever so, be like, salty about it. Yeah, like not to go on a tangent, but I am so upset that like I did not get to do like my Joe Exotic or Carol Baskin's Halloween costume last year because that's gonna all be I like when we were like watching that in like March. I was like, this pandemic is absolutely going to be over by October. Like I will be <laughs> able to do this and. Joke you was texted on me. me and said you need to watch this this is our halloween costume for the year <laughs> i had like a like tiger stuffed animal picked out like i was ready to go i just had to decide like what weird joe exotic outfit i was gonna do like yeah. the like the emt outfit his weird wedding outfit which one which i was gonna say which weird wedding outfit <laughs> his everyday outfits right um so, what is your first creepy Disney story? So, like, my first thing is, like, a little prelude. It's not really, like, my first fact, but for those of you who don't know, like, when you go to the Disney parks, like, you go through bag check, they open your bags, and, like, obviously, like, they are looking for weapons, they're looking for guns, knives, all that kind of stuff. Um, This is something you might not think about, but another thing they're looking for is ashes, because mm -hmm. people spread their loved ones' cremains all over Disney parks. This is actually a fairly regular thing that happens. It happens so much actually that like cast members have a special code for this. So when a cast member finds you either spreading your spreading ashes in the park or discover remains on a ride, they call for a HEPA, a high efficiency particle air cleanup, and that's like the call they'll make over the intercom and it's basically like a special vacuum that's just for vacuuming up people's cremains on rides. Because um, it's a biohazard. Yeah, because it's a biohazard. And, like, they literally have to, like, shut down the ride. Like, um, so, yeah, this is a thing that's happened fairly regularly. And I wanted to start this episode by asking, where would you have, like, if we were going to break the rules and have our ashes spread somewhere, where would you have your ashes spread? And if it's a different place, where would your spirit haunt? in disney um so my answer to this question i think i've already answered and i'm sure you where do you think so it, i feel like for haunting like haunted mansions like the obvious way to go oh yeah 
I don't I, know about like I feel like for spreading like so Disney I, I, World Tower of Terror because ooh, it doesn't exist in Disneyland anymore. Tempting. I I so I actually I'm an indecisive person. I have a couple different answers for this. So I kind of want my ashes to be I mean, well, if you could find a way to plant a I want to do that biodegradable tree thing. I want to be a tree. Are you, you gonna say live with to, the land? Yes. I want to be <laughs> in the garden at living with the land. Also, I don't want to get vacuumed up. So I think right. that I would invent a system where you could like have like under your pants like a belt and a small tube that you could just slowly dribble me throughout the park during the day <laughs> so that it wouldn't be noticeable and I wouldn't you- get vacuumed up. Have you ever seen the movie The Great Escape where like they're all breaking out of like it's like a World War One or a World War Two like concentration prisoner of war camp? I have, and they but it's do been that a really long time. Yeah, but like that's what they do is they like are digging oh, with the out dirt. The, yeah. the dirt. Yeah, that's what you need to invent. Right, right. And they're checking bags. They're not checking like in your pants. Right, right. So yes, um, living with the land make me plant food, dribble me throughout the park, or just like somehow get me in the haunted mansion yeah because like i said at the end of my write-up of the best ride in all of the disney parks haunted mansion make me the 1000th happy haunt yes that's where i want to be and apparently like i guess it's kind of an obvious choice but that is where people spread ashes the most like according to like disney wars and haunted mansion which which makes a lot of sense although like honestly like from a pure, like, practicality thing, like, I would go for, like, a water-based ride, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, because then, like, you're in the water, like, they can't really vacuum you up, you know? And then like, you, your ghost gets to smell bromine for the rest of your life, and it smells yes, so good. Yes, and then you get to, like, smell, like, I love that smell, the Pirates of the Caribbean smell. If I, so I really want to, I would love the, it's, it's, it's the Magic Candle Company be one of our sponsors oh my gosh and yes. i really i say this all the time and i just need to do it i need to order their bromine candle yep because they yeah. have a candle that smells like the water in splash mountain pirates of the caribbean and like all their water rides it's just it's one of those things where you're like i'm not that person who gets sentimental about that smell and then you smell it and then you're like oh, uh... so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i totally agree like my ashes like grow me into a plant and living with the land and then like I don't know I feel like I would like to haunt like spaceship earth like that's a ride I'm very sentimental that's a good about one. yeah but what um, if they take it out yeah that I was like another thing gonna get, I love but, that ride but I feel like they're gonna do something to it well I mean they're like they're revamping it now but like they're never gonna get rid of like the ball you know what I mean true True. Just haunt like, whatever goes into the Epcot ball. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel doing... like if they don't do something along the lines of Spaceship Earth, you know, something that speaks to Walt's vision for Epcot, people will revolt. Yeah. You know? Like I'm I'm curious to see like what the reimagined Spaceship Earth is gonna look like when it's reopened. What are you doing? Wait a sec- <clears throat> I was blowing my nose. Um <laughs> I had I had like tissues over there, um, but I couldn't reach them, and I tried to mute it. So hopefully you didn't hear me blowing my nose. No. Is Spaceship Earth closed right now? Yeah, they're like redoing the inside. They're I like redoing that. Yeah, they're I'm redoing really the shows. And they're like sticking like 
on the outside, like little like shining like lights in it for Epcot's. How old is Epcot oh. going to be? Epcot's got a birthday yeah. coming up. It's going to be old, and I don't want to think about how old Epcot's going to be. Right, because it opened Cause in the 80s, right? Yeah, and it's going to make me feel old, because I'm also a product. Old. I don't want to talk about it. You're less of the... Uh, you're later in the 80s than yeah, Epcot, right? I'm fi- like, yeah, I'm very late in the 80s. Right. Hold on. Now I have to Google this. How old is Epcot? 1982. Okay, so it's 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 older than me. It's fine. Alexa just told me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But for like my first like official like creepy legend is the ghost of Pirate George on Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'm pretty I love sure. This one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that this applies to both Disneyland and Disney World. Like when I was doing research, like nobody really differentiated between the two, which kind of makes sense because if I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure that both of these rides were fabricated at the same time and then one was sent to Disneyland and one was sent to Disney World. Like, I think that's right. I could be wrong, but let me know if I am wrong. But I'm pretty sure these were built at the same time. Yes, I think it has been said about both because I do. I really like this one. This is, I think, my favorite ghost story from Disney. Um, But I think predominantly it refers to the Walt Disney World one, but it has been said about both. Yeah. So George is said to be the ghost of a Disney Imagineer who died early in the 70s. And I heard welder. Yeah. So he is a welder, like a welding Imagineer. Oh, okay. And just to like put everyone at ease, like there is no one who died working on this. Like, no. We know this for a fact. This is just a tall tale that's kind of been spun. But, and so that's why there's a couple different versions of the story. But basically, he died. So they say welding a piece of the set um, before it opens, and they say that he was either crushed under a set piece or he fell from a high window in the scene at the end where the town's on fire. And the tower. If you remember, yeah, there's this tall tower, and they say that he either, like, a piece of that tower either fell on him or he fell through the window. And the cast members will actually call this tower George's Tower. And apparently it has his, like, initials. I can see you cracking up. Because you said through the window and my brain went, through the window. No! (laughs) Through the walls! (laughs) Anyways. um, Sorry. (laughs) So he, he falls through the tall tower. This becomes George's tower. And apparently his initials are carved into this tower. And I think this is the creepiest part of the story is that no matter Mm -hmm. how many times they paint over his initials, they reappear. Mm -hmm. Um, Cast members have said that they've seen George's ghostly apparition on the ride and will also receive phone calls from the control booth when no one is there. Mm -hmm. Um, Another important ritual is that cast members have to make sure to tell George good morning and good night over the PA system every single day. If George isn't told good morning, the ride will have mechanical issues during the day. And if he isn't told good night, cast members may come in to find certain parts of the ride running and, mm-hmm. or they will like see a light in the tower that's been left on all night, which means that the ride is going to have issues during the day. Um, 
a lot of guests claim to see George in that final scene with the town on fire. You can even like go online and like people have like taken photos and there's like smoky, ghostly apparitions like appearing in like guest photos. And um, it said that like George mostly haunts like guests who are complaining about the ride. Like if they they're like dissing well, the ride on that ride. Right. And like that makes sense. Like if he's an imagineer and like you're bad mouthing the ride, like of course like he would appear to you and be like, Hey, don't disrespect my handiwork. I um, wish that he would have haunted the drunk ass Karen in the car in front of me. I don't understand how she was drunk. Wait, was this no, it was Disneyland. So I guess she could have been drunk. Either way, she was plastered and she would not shut the fuck up the entire time. She screamed, Wee! Fuck you, pirates! And, like all this stuff throughout the entire ride, and I don't understand why cast members didn't stop her. But she ruined that ride. We wrote just... it like four more times after that, but still, she ruined that specific ride through. I don't understand how people are rich enough to get drunk at any Disney. It's like so alcohol is so expensive there. <laughs> Maybe she brought it in in a water bottle. Yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. don't do that. Yep, never. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is that is my fact about the ghost George, the pirate, Imagineer. I love that like the cat. This actually has stuck with the cast members, and they do say like, yeah, good night and good morning, George. I love that. It's I really so cool. like that. Yeah, I think that's cute. All right, so my first creepy story, Disney story, is the most I thought the most infamous one, but apparently Mint has never heard of this. That Walt's cryogenically frozen head is buried beneath the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disneyland. So there are a lot of variations of the Walt is buried in the Parks myth. There, I mean, it makes sense why people would say this. He, this, these are his passion projects. He loved these parks. He, you know, put so much of himself into them. People are like, oh, if yeah, of course he would be buried somewhere in the parks. No, of course he's not buried somewhere in the parks. That's not a thing you would ever want to do. But the most prevalent myth is that he his head was removed and cryogenically frozen and the most there are a lot of variations on where that is like some people say it's in the secret tunnels that are the transportation system underneath the park some people say that he's buried under different rides but the predominant theory myth is that his cryogenically frozen head is buried under the pirates of the caribbean why pirates of the caribbean like why that ride specifically i I don't know exactly <laughs> that I couldn't find, uh, but I mean, it, it's so popular that it even made it into a family guy joke that he was cryogenically frozen. I won't get into the details of the joke cause it's kind of anti-Semitic, but anyway, uh, shocker. It's family guy. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this like, is a big old myth. <clears throat> like I've heard like that he was like cryogenically frozen, but not like his, just his head. And then not also that like his head is also in Disney world. Mm-hmm. Or is it Disneyland? Yeah. Uh, it's both. It's it's all of it. He's said to be buried everywhere. It's, it, according to the myth, Bolt had 17 heads and they're all buried in different places. Um, but he's not. He's not frozen. He's not even, like, in a coffin. He was cremated. He was cremated yeah. almost immediately after his death and his remains are buried in a graveyard in California. Yeah. But the theory is that since Walt was supposedly such a fascinated futurist and so interested in emerging technologies, he became fascinated with cryogenics and opted to be cryogenically frozen until better medical care became available and could guarantee him a longer lifespan. Don't understand why that would lead to his head being chopped off, but whatever. 
There's no right. evidence he even showed an interest in cryogenics at all. And like I said, he was definitely cremated. So yeah, this is a yeah. big old myth. Not true. Walt was, his kappa was not detated from his head. And, and like, he was also like a pretty, like, I think I remember like hearing, like he was a pretty religious person. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. No, it just, yeah. No, yeah. This is totally fake. Yeah. So yes, that's my first creepy Disney story. So my second one, I just love because I love like creepy dolls. I live for creepy dolls. Um, when you this one is Disney World specific. Um, when you are walking through Liberty Square, there's all of these like colonial homes, and in one of them, you see a child's doll in the window. And from an Imagineering standpoint, this was done, uh, because it had historical relevance. Like people would leave either children's toys or children's dolls in the windows of their home so that if there is ever a fire, the local fire department would know children live there and like hustle a little That's more. Cool. I yeah. didn't know that. So like this was actually something that was done and the legend around it is that this doll, when they come in in the morning, will either have like moved sides in the window or she'll be in a different position or she'll be knocked over. Oh. Like she just, she she moves around and like it's it's kind of a creepy looking doll. Like if you look up pictures of this, like I I believe it. Yeah. I could see it. You know, but like I feel like the cast members need to work on creating a backstory for this doll. Like this is like Madame Leota's ring, yeah. 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 This is like a very bare bones story. Like the doll doesn't have a name. There's no like child attached to it. So, you know, cast members, we have seen the work you've done with like Madame Leota's ring, like George. Think about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think about this doll and the creepy backstory you're going to assign to it, please. I would really appreciate it. Get on this. Name it Muggsy. Justice for Muggsy. Justice for Muggsy. <laughs> it, Muggsy is haunting the doll. Because her ride was removed. Removed. Yep. Yep. See? There we go. We've done half the work for you. Exactly. Get on this, cast members. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next one is another really popular one, Mr. One Way. And this is a specific I've never heard this either. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I love this one. This is one of my favorite ones. Uh, Mr. One Way is a harmless specter who supposedly haunts and repeatedly rides Space Mountain in Disneyland. Most often, people will report seeing him get into the car behind them uh, if it's empty, even though he wasn't like they'll see it out of the corner of their eye but there wasn't a person that looked like him in line behind them um and then he will vanish from that car before they get back to the station he's said to have red hair and like a reddish complexion like ruddy flushed face you know he will Hmm. sometimes appear in pictures and videos as a blurry spectral spectral figure in seats that were empty when the cars were loaded there are also several videos where you can where a figure can be seen getting into empty seats alongside guests so, like, there are pictures, oh. lots of pictures and videos of this one. Um, it's, it, like, some people are like, oh, it's, you know, residual or, or like, uh, you know, after images from other things. Yeah. Blah, 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 but, like, I, I don't know. I think it's really cool. Uh, that is cool. So the stories state that he's the ghost of a man who died on a ride in the 70s. <laughs> Sorry. And I actually did some research on this one. I could not find any incidents that match this version of events. Uh, Mm -hmm. 
my incident, the research that uh, the incidents that I found from the seventies were in Disneyland, where a cast member who was crushed by the rotating walls in the American Sings attraction, which is real. That's also horrifying, and I didn't do that one, but I almost did that one. Um, an injury from a super broken... scary. Oh yeah, uh, people yeah. were on the ride when it happened. It's... Holy crap! Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Um. Uh, an injury from a broken mule saddle. The boys who tried to swim to Tom Sawyer- Sawyer's Island, which is another really infamous Disney story that did not end well. Um, a girl who was injured after climbing out of her people mover car, a woman getting groped by one of the three little pigs, and Winnie the Pooh slapping a kid. Uh, and in peak 1970s style, a group called the Youth International Party, or Yippies, who staged a protest to free Disneyland from the establishment, completely missing the point of the establishment. Um, the incident that I found... any of these. So Yeah, those are all the incidents that I could find in the 70s. But there is one that almost matches this. A woman died after riding Space Mountain. She got on and started like halfway through the ride, told her part like riding partner that she wasn't feeling well. And when she arrived at the station, was semi-conscious, was taken into the hospital, slipped into a coma and passed. Um, It wasn't because of the ride. It was because of a tumor. But she did die on like die after riding Space Mountain. So I wonder if this story is kind of based on a little bit of truth and maybe right. it's not Mr. One Way. Maybe it's Mrs. One Way enjoying her final ride. Ah, oh, that so makes sense. The other it's I'm wondering if people just saw the specter and it's a ghost. It's blurry and ill-defined. Maybe yeah. they couldn't tell that it's a woman. Um, I couldn't find a lot of info on her, so I don't know if she like matches the description or anything. But the other possibility is that this true death is mixed up with the rumors of the beheading that happened on Space Mountain, which is actually true, but it was a crash test dummy. Okay. okay. <laughs> it was a beheading, it was a dummy. So that was a, a long time rumor, and then people started to see this ghost, and they were like, oh, it was Mr. One-Way, he was beheaded on the ride. Um, and they call him Mr. One-Way because he doesn't get off the ride, he goes on, but he doesn't come out, you know? Yeah. So maybe all of these things kind of just got jumbled into one and maybe there is a real ghost that rides this ride and maybe it's not Mr. One Way, maybe it's Mrs. One Way. If you've so, yeah. like ever like seen like the ride through videos of like people going through like Space Mountain with the lights on, like oh, it's it puts, terrifying. It puts the fear of God in mm-hmm. you to like ride that ride again because you're like everything's my so head, close. Everything's so close to you and you're like, my head is going to come off in this. I do not have any trouble seeing where the beheading rumors came from because I saw it with the lights on. It was running, but just, so it was during the Halloween party and it was Mm -hmm. one of the rides that wasn't open during the Halloween party, but they must've been doing like final run through tests of the night. Uh, The lights were all on and the cars were running. It was one of the coolest slash creepiest things I've ever seen. Yeah. I I didn't go, I'm sorry. I went through on the people mover. Yeah, like I was on the people. I I didn't describe that story well, but yeah, I was on the people mover, went through, and got to see it running with the lights on it. Oh my god, I was terrified to get on it the next day because like, things are so close. Close, like it makes me nervous to like put my hands up, like going. Yeah, through there, I won't I'm on gonna, that like, ride. It's gonna like smack my hand, mm-hmm. like yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw a TikTok recently. I think it was in like a Six Flags or a King's Dominion or something. There is a, a really tall guy got on. And while he cleared all of the structures of the roller coaster, he, like, as they were going up the hill, there was, like, a lamppost 
and he realizes at the le- last second dives to the side and it like brushes his hair That's but crazy. if he had had his head there it would have like hit him straight in the head he was like oh my god did you see that like his friend happened to be videotaping because they were just like oh we're on a roller coaster yeah like, yeah let's go and then he caught that on video it was like oh shit so yeah yeah all, all right, right. My next, like, urban legend has to do with the Haunted Mansion spellbook. So, if you haven't been through Haunted Mansion recently... I did touch on this one. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the seance scene with Madame Leota, there's basically a spellbook um, prop. And people have said for both Disneyland and Disney World that these are actual 14th century... I don't know how to pronounce this. Grimoires? Grimoires? Grimoire. Grim- grimoires. Yeah. Um that were used by actual witches and contained actual spells mm-hmm. and that cast members would come in and they would find the spell book open, knocked off its stand, moved, all that kind of thing. Um, unfortunately, both of these are props that were specifically made for the ride, but they're pretty cool props considering that there's like a lot of Easter eggs in them that like the average person will never see. So um, the book in both the rides is open to pages 1312 and 1313 and the spell on these pages is a spell to bring to your eyes and ears one who is bound in limbo and under this title there is an incantation and this incantation is directly pulled from the 1968 Disney film Blackbeard's Ghost where the spell is used to materialize the ghost of the notorious Blackbeard. Um, the fact that the book is open to page 1313 is a reference not only to the number 13, but to Disneyland's address being 1313 Harbor Boulevard and 1313 being numerical co- code for MM, which are the initials of Mickey Mouse, which I thought was kind of cool. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, the opposite page to that features a drawing of the personification of death. And this also, like, it looks like a tarot card, which I think is really cool. Like, it looks like the death tarot card. I love the details. Yeah. Um, So this drawing is also associated with the Hatbox Ghost and the Skeleton Hitchhiker. Like, both of their designs are based on this drawing and vice versa. And above the death card um, are the words Memento Mori, which are a Latin proverb meaning remember you will die. And this ties into the shop that is next door to the Haunted Mansion that sells that shop. Haunted Mansion things. Um, <laughs> it's called Memento Mori. So even though these are like props specifically made for the ride, like these are really cool details that like you would just not see from your doom buggy. But like I think it's cool that they did it anyways, you know, like put all this detail in it for something yeah. that's never going to be seen by the average person. That is my absolute, I said in our first episode, my favorite part of the parks is the tiny little stuff. They don't need to put this in. There's no reason nobody's going to see it, but they do it anyway. And that's, it's part of what makes them so incredibly magical. Yeah. That there are all of these little things to see and find. And like when we were talking about Horizons and like there's the scene with the woman in the bathtub and you never see her full body and her full body, they sculpted and is naked, but you would never know that. Yep. All right. My next creepy Disney story is Dolly on the Matterhorn and Dolly's Dip, which again is a pretty, I did a lot of Disneyland ones this time, not on purpose, 
Um, but this is, to me, one of the saddest ones related to Disneyland. It's based on a real event. Uh, a woman who, her real name's not Dolly. I I'm not exactly sure why she goes by Dolly in the myth, but I think she it was her nickname in life, but she did pass away on the ride. I won't get into the details specifically, but it was widely reported on. And if you want more info on it, it's a really easy Google Google search. Morbidly, cast members and guests have named the section where she was killed Dolly's Dip. It's ex it's well known exactly which part of the track it was, too. So awful people get on the Matterhorn just to take pictures of this section. Uh, and there are so many pictures of it online. People suck. Um, Crazy. Yeah, like people get on the Matterhorn with like with the sole purpose of photographing where this woman died. Uh, so according to Tales, cast members have experienced paranormal activity and unease around this specific section of track. One account from a cast member named Kristen, who worked in Disneyland for six years, states, I worked on that ride for several years and I never saw her, but I sure did feel her. After the ride closes for the day, two people have to walk starting at the bottom and working your way up to the top. It is done to look for lost and found items. Every time I was lucky slash unlucky enough to get a track walking shift, I had an uneasy feeling like someone was watching me. I was always convinced that it was Dolly, so I would often say hi to her. The feeling was always the worst in the big cavern in the middle of the ride and at Dolly's dip. In fact, the work lights in the tunnel near Dolly's dip always seemed to be burned out. In six years, I don't think I ever saw those lights working. I hated running the track at the end of my shift, and I usually tried to get someone else to do it for me. So it is noteworthy that, though, that this is one of the only documented firsthand experiences of this ghost. She's right. supposedly talked about and seen by cast members often, but it's not well documented online most of the accounts of dolly you, you'll see will say it is said that or cast members say that Kristen's account mentions other cast members talking about it but that's about as specific as it gets beyond her own experience it's yeah. possible disney doesn't want this one to spread as much because it is based after a real and really awful event but it's also possible that people are just exploiting this woman's death either yeah. way it's tragic I feel like Disney, and like we've seen this, uh, we talked about, what is it, Leota's Ring, like Disney encourages urban legends that have right. no basis in like an actual person dying because like it spreads lore and it spreads like mystique around right. the ride. I definitely feel like if someone actually dies on a ride, like Disney goes to the cast members and be like, you're going to shut up about shut this. Shut up. Stop it. You yeah. know, like, and I think anyone who's on like Disney Parks TikTok has like seen mm -hmm. like former cast members and how tight-lipped they can still be even when they're not employed with Disney. Mm -hmm. You know, like I wouldn't be surprised if like there's like a lot of like hauntings that just aren't talked about among right. regular people because it's a guest ex or a cast member experience only kind of thing. You know, right? So that is interesting though, like that this was tied to like an actual cast member. No, no, no. It was, it was just a guest. Right, but, like, there's a oh, cast oh, yeah, member, yeah. like, yeah, that is so interesting. It's, and her identity, and her claim that she worked there isn't even completely verifiable, but then it's a lot of accounts, like, in AMAs or mm -hmm. um, Ask Reddit threads where people will be like, oh, Disney ghost stories or, like, Disney cast member stories. Yeah. And it will be people who have long account histories of posting about it, so, like, they they clearly were cast members and right. they'll be like, Oh yeah, we used to talk about this all the time. Or I used to hear from people who worked on that ride all the time. And it's, or like, I was always creeped out there, but it's not like, it's, 
it's not as well documented as some of the other ghost stories, although none of them are particularly well documented. Right. A lot of the stuff is you're going to find a couple sources that everybody that's writing about these is going to. So it's kind of like that. But yeah, I feel like this one, especially because it is based on something awful that happened. Disney's probably like knock it off to the cast members. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are also cast members who, even if they do see something, don't want to feel like or make people feel like, oh, they're exploiting this woman's death, you know? Yeah. And, like, I feel like anyone who's, like, been in the Disney Parks community has, like, researched stuff like this. And, like, literally, like, all these stories start with cast members say. And it's, like, do they, though? Like, do they really? Like, it's a great story and it's a great, like, narrative technique. But I feel like a lot of these are definitely fed by the Disney Corporation. You know? Right. Like you said with George, there's not actually any evidence that a welder died while making that ride right and like i definitely believe that like cast members like every morning like go in and say hello to him but like mm-hmm. at almost like any job like you could have anywhere like you have like weird things you do because it's something you do to like make your job feel special you know right like at my job whoever whatever teacher's there earliest we have a little alexa in our lobby we'll tell her to play like whatever their genre of music is that they like and then at like 658 when the parents start lining up to get in they'll change it to the disney stuff but like many times i walk into the lobby and it's blasting country music or it's blasting rap or you know right yeah so my next write-up actually is very very similar to george the pirate and i feel like this is another story that has just kind of been concocted between like disney itself the corporation and cast members because it's eerily similar um This is about Caesar, the ventriloquist dummy, in Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Um, I've never been on this ride, so I will just kind of be describing this ride. So if you, like, know this doll, like, speak up. But basically, when you are... I don't, and I'm I'm amazed. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, and I cannot wait to go back and find it. So when you're unloading, and I think we've talked about this, that you unload in a different area than you load in in Tower of Terror. Yes. So it, it's one of the best things about the one of the coolest things about the ride is that you go up in one tower or like one chute and then you go along a track and drop in a different place and drop yeah. into a separate unloading area. Right. Keep, so that way they can just keep cycling cars through yeah. other drop tower rides. You go up and down on the same track. And if it's a ride as popular as Tower of Terror is, then the wait time is going to be forever. And Disney's so smart. They did it so that they can constantly cycle people through. Right. And it adds this creepy factor because it looks like the elevator that just went up seconds ago came back empty. Mm-hmm. So when you're loading they... in, it you people get into an elevator and a few seconds later, there's like a flash and then those doors open and suddenly that elevator is empty. It's such a great effect. So this is also something, we're going to go on a tangent here, that they do in Haunted Mansion where basically... Mm-hmm. They, you yes. unload in a different place. And Walt said specifically, I want the cars to come into the load area empty so that when children ask their parents, you know, is everything going to be okay? Like, is this house really haunted? The parents can't point to people unloading and say, hey, look, they're fine. Like, these carts are going to be empty. And to children, it adds this idea of, okay, but where are those people? 
Like, yep. where did they go? Like, and it takes away that reassurance to children that everything is going to be fine, which is kind of like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like one of my favorite things that like Walt specifically said, like, you need to take away that moment of reassurance for people. Um, but basically in the Tower of Terror, when you unload, it's supposed to be in the basement and like, you're supposed to see all this stuff that is in storage and in the lore of the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Like, this is all, like, artifacts from the Twilight Zone, the show. Yes. And, yeah, there's a ton of stuff in there. Yeah, so one of the things you see is this ventriloquist dummy named Caesar. And in the episode of the Twilight Zone that he's in, obviously, like, he is controlling his puppeteer to do crimes, you know? And Naturally. Yeah, and in the lore of the ride... The hotel eventually acquires this dummy and keeps him in storage and, like, basically cast members say, like, oh, this dummy moves around and, you know, like, his eyes follow you as you walk around, blah, 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 blah. But what's interesting is that they do the same thing where they're, like, every morning and every night, you have to say good morning and good night to Caesar. Like, you say good morning and good night to George. So it's like it's almost like exactly with the rituals where if you don't say hello and good night to this dummy, he's going to cause the ride to act up, which I just think is interesting that like you have almost like identical rituals associated with these. Which I mean, if you were a mischievous little spirit, right, and right. you're going to haunt a ride, wouldn't you just mess with the ride for fun? Yeah, yeah, wouldn't you just want the attention? <laughs> right. Because now you've gotten them to acknowledge you every morning. And that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, it's scary enough that he's a ventriloquist dummy. Like, it could just be left at that. Like, look at this scary ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. And we'd be scared. (laughs) Um, So, my next fact actually comes with a bonus little ghost story from me. Uh, It's about the Haunted Mansion. And part of the reason that I love the Haunted Mansion so much the first time I wrote it is because I'm not a normal human and I genuinely love being terif- like, terrified. I want to have the shit scared out of me. I want to be uh, feared. Like, I go every year, oh, almost every year, to, like, stupid Halloween attractions hoping they will scare me and nothing scares me. But when I was a kid, I was it was much easier to scare me. And <clears throat> I particularly loved haunted attractions because i was little and it all seemed really real and i could get the shit scared out of me so at the end when you're going along in your doom buggy and you're seeing your hitchhiking ghost i still don't know it had to be one of my parents because i was in the car with my mom my dad and my brother were next to us but it's when you turn to face the mirror and you're staring directly at the mirror and your car and my mom was on the left side i was on the right and in the next car my dad was on the left side and my brother was on the right so my parents were on either side of me and you're not far away from other people in your doom buggies Mm -hmm. it's feasible that he my dad could have reached over but i could see both of my mom's hands on the bar in front of her and it looked like my dad had his arm around my brother and one arm on the bar and something yanked my pigtail because I mentioned this about the alien ride, too. I was going through a pigtail phase. And I wore pigtails, like, the whole time we were in Disney World. And something yanked my pigtail hard enough to make my head go to the side. At the same time that our hitchhiking ghost appeared. 
So I am to this day still completely convinced that this ride is haunted. So, like, this whole, like, trip to Disney World, you were just traumatized constantly. You went on Haunted Mansion, had your hair grabbed, you went on Alien, Yeah. you know, had therapy issues for years that you could bring up. (laughs) We we went to Universal, I cried on Twister, I cried on Jaws, I cried, we accidentally wandered onto uh, them building the mummy ride. I like we accidentally wandered into the construction of the mummy ride and got yelled at because they didn't really have it blocked off well. This is such a tangent. But yeah, so I, as a small child, was completely convinced that this was 100% real and that there were real ghosts. And I still don't know how it had to be one of my parents that yanked my hair. And I don't know how they did it. Right? Or, or it was a ghost. Or, or your brother did it. I guess he yeah, was too he far. He was too far away. And also, he was five. Yeah, that's true. Like, and he was terrified. Like, yeah. He, he was younger than me, and I was loving this spooky ride. He was terrified. And I that don't know. That is I, creepy, though. I, I, we were facing the mirror. I could see yeah. both of them. And I think my cousin was in the car on our left, because I mean, we went with all of our family. But he was not close enough to have reached me. Like I said, my mom was on the left, I was on the right, and then my dad was on the left, and my brother was on the right. It's... Mm-hmm. I was within arm's reach of both of my parents, but could see both of them in the mirror and neither of them was reaching for me. So I still don't know exactly what pulled my pigtail, but it scared the crap out of me. And I spent the rest of the trip talking about the ghost because then it was at the hitchhiking ghost part. I spent Mm -hmm. the rest of the trip trying to talk to my ghost because I was convinced that he was real and had come home with us. And that's who pulled my hair. I can't believe I've never heard this story before. I can't believe you haven't either. I would have sworn that I've talked about this. But again, Alien kind of overshadowed that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I cried on Car- Pirates of the Caribbean too, because it was back still when they would shout, give us the redhead. And I was not smart enough to realize that they were animatronics, because it's Disney. They look pretty good. Yeah. And they started screaming, give us the redhead. And I started crying that they were going to take my mom. Oh, because she had red hair and I, yeah. I started clinging to her arm yelling no you can't take her don't Aww. take her and burst burst out crying I cried on everything I I should have saved these stories because I we keep saying we're gonna do a podcast episode of like times we cried in Disney World yeah I mean I could do like when my mom and I went to Disneyland when I was like five and I cried on things that people are not supposed to cry on like at all I'm pretty sure I cried on Dumbo, too. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I cried when I met Ariel, but that's because I got the very rare, not nice cast member. Aww. She was actually really awful and shoved me off the rock. <laughs> that's terrible! <laughs> they they let us in at the last second, and I could hear as we were walking up, like, my mom, I, well, my mom could hear it. I didn't hear notice it, because I was just too excited to meet Ariel, but, like, apparently she was supposed to get off already. And she was like, they're letting another kid in. Why are they letting another kid in? Um, and I think it's because my mom literally like begged the cast member. She's like, please, we have tried all two weeks we were there to try to see Ariel. And the line just kept being too long and we kept not getting in. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think they finally just let us in because I was just so excited to see her. And she was just like, okay, thanks, bye. And th- like, we took the picture and then she like, not like shoved me shoved me but like nudged me off to get down so that i would leave so that she could go on break i feel like in the 90s they cared slightly less about like character integrity 
Like, I've showed you that video of, like, the Ariel, like, face character, like, interacting, like, with the kids, like, with the lip sync. And the lip sync is terrible. And the children are just like, I hate this. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. We got way off. So, a creepy story about Haunted Mansion. So, this one is about the ghost of the crying boy. Like Mm. most legends, this is... Rooted in a little bit of truth, like we said, people really do scatter ashes in the park and especially in the haunted mansion because everybody wants to be that 1,000th happy haunt. And that's where this legend begins. Supposedly, a mother was looking to spread her son's ashes on the ride, even asked park officials, was told no, and then did it anyway. But this wasn't her son's wish. It was hers. Because it wasn't what he wanted, he remains stuck between worlds stuck crying near the exit of the haunted mansion. According to the legend, many cast members have seen the figure of a small boy near the exit, heard him crying or both like heard him crying and gone to investigate. There are even some pictures online that guests have taken that supposedly contain proof of the crying boy's presence. Some say he's not completely confined to the haunted mansion. And there are conflicting reports about whether this is in Disneyland or Disney world, but predominantly it's the Disney world one, but when people talk about it in the Disneyland one, you can also sometimes see him or hear him in the Pirates of the Caribbean queue because it's right next door. Right. But yeah, supposedly he's a boy stuck between worlds in the haunted mansion. That one's actually like pretty spooky. Like I feel like you mm-hmm. could make like an actual like scary movie out of that. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. The Crying Boy. Right. All right, so my, like, final little urban legend is I feel like people say this pretty regularly, and it's that no one's allowed to die at Disneyland or Disney World. And I've heard, like, I guess this makes sense, like, why you would come up with this, like, urban legend. Like, it's Disney, it's, you know, depending on which park you're at, it's the happiest place on Earth or the most magical place on Earth. And it's bad press. People die there. And so the rumor is, is that if somebody dies in the parks, cast members will basically like take them off park property to be picked up by an ambulance. So that when the ambulance like comes and declares them dead, it's not happening on the park. And this is not a real thing. Like, (laughs) well, so like, this isn't true just because like, so first of all, like EMTs like are not supposed to declare people dead. Like they might know somebody's yeah. dead, but your job as an EMT is you are to deliver life-saving measures until you get them to a hospital and a doctor to declare a person dead. And they might say they're dead on arrival, but the average EMT is not a doctor and therefore like can't declare death and time of death. So like this just no one's really declared dead on Disney property just because the EMT picking up isn't going to be a doctor. Um, right. And I don't know. I just like, I think this is so funny that people are just like, yeah, like there's like cast members that just like take bodies out, like right, like step over the line of Disney park property. And that's where the EMTs pick them up, you know, they just drop them like, yeet. right. Yeet. <laughs> Especially like considering like in the world we live in now, like if somebody died on like Disney property and like this happened, like we know about it. Like right. half the half of the park would be recording it on their cell phone, and like news would pick yeah. it up. Like, like I think what's so funny is just that like 
people think with like this rumor that like the news outlets would be fooled by this ruse, this clever ruse. No, they didn't die here. They died over there. <laughs> like cast right. members like pointing off in a vague dir- direction. Yeah, in this field by the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. They tied in uh the uh, Cinderella lot. Yeah. And like this is also like kind of weird because I I don't know. I guess it's common knowledge like Disney Parks fans like us, but like people have died in the parks and like you can look yeah. this up. Like there's literally there's- a Wikipedia page and it goes ride by ride, park by park, year by year. Yeah, like people have died here. Like it's not some like big Disney like obviously Disney wants to protect its reputation, but like Right. You know, they might I don't not know. talk about it, but it happens. Yeah. I just I don't know. I love I feel like this would be like a great like SNL sketch of like again, <laughs> like Disney cast members like trying to discreetly like get this body off park property and then calling the MTs to come get it. Dude, his foot's still over the line, and they just, like, nudge him with his foot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, So, actually, funny story kind of related to this. If bad things happen to you in a Disney park, they will go out of their way to try to make it better. So, I don't don't know the exact story behind this, but my cousin, her whole family, like right after mine, did the same thing. They all went to Disney World together. And her aunt's husband somehow got hurt, like tripped and like sprained an ankle or like broke his wrist or something not terrible, but like obviously had to go to the hospital and be out of the park for the rest of the day and like didn't get to go for a couple days for some. I, I don't, I don't, I heard this story years ago and I don't remember all the details, but what I always remembered about the story and thought was hilarious. He fell and got hurt and got taken by the paramedics. And his wife, obviously, I think went with him and everybody else in the family got fast passes, like unlimited fast passes. They just got to walk up to all of the rides for the rest of the day to make this because the Disney cast members were trying to make them feel better. And they um, <laughs> were telling this story and he's like, Randy, he's like, yeah, I had to go sit in a hospital bed and they all got to ride all the rides whatever they wanted. Yeah. Um, but I, that's another rumor is if a relative of yours or like someone in your party dies in Disney World, you get free lifetime passes. I've never heard this. It's, I, I have heard of it. It's not substantiated. Yeah. And somebody, uh, I think off, I think it's, I heard about it from offhand Disney and he was like, yeah, because that's exactly what you want to constantly go back to the place where your loved right. one died. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. But, like, there is, if there are procedures in place for if something happens, but they're just not, we toss you off in the parking lot, you know? Right. It's, oh, we try to make things better for you and try to, like, you know, fix things for you. Yeah. Like we say all the time, the cast members are what makes Disney great. Be nice to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, cast members have a lot of leeway in making magic moments happen. Like I've seen a lot of cases where like, you know, a ride has, you know, been shut down and like people have been evacuated off and like the cast members are at the exit, like basically like handing out like stuffed animals to the kids and being like, we're sorry. Like here's a free Mickey Mouse stuffed animal. Like the cast members kind of have this leeway to where, to make kind of like command decisions and be like, Hey, 
will a free thing make this better? Go get the thing and give it to the kid, you know, no questions asked. Like, they have a lot of authority to just kind of make decisions if they see something going badly for a family, you know. There was a TikTok that went kind of viral of a girl. She wore a shirt and it showed a little bit of underboob. Yes. Like two minutes into the park, somebody handed her a coupon for a free t-shirt. Shirt, yeah. They didn't explicitly say, like, please go change your shirt. Yeah. But they were just like, here, please go get a free t-shirt. And like, like any shirt-, shirt. And she got a free spirit jersey. And it was yeah. the rose gold one. That thing was not cheap. Yeah. And she got it for free. So yeah, wear a shirt that's just a little under poop. And you yeah, I have like, I've seen other versions of that where like mm-hmm. people wear like really low cut shirts and a cast member is basically like, here's a free t-shirt to cover up. And I'm like, that's a cute shirt. We're gonna we're gonna show some some cleavage next time we go. <laughs> Literally, if it's not a crew next sweatshirt or t-shirt on me, everything looks low cut. Right. Also, like if you're going to Disney World, like it's Florida. Like you kind of want to be in a crop top. It's a swamp. Yeah. There's literal alligators. It's a swamp. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like they're not gonna toss you out if you die. They're gonna try to make everything better. Yeah. <laughs> All right, for my final one, I saved one of my favorite things that I've ever read online, and it's the perfectly crafted creepy pasta Mowgli's Palace. And I, I feel like you must have heard of this, yeah, but I, this yeah. is a pretty popular one. Yeah, it was written by Christopher Howard Slime Beast Wolf. Uh, the Mowgli's Palace creepy pasta gained quite a bit of traction for a little while. Supposedly, according to the story, there were plans to open a Jungle Book-inspired park in North Carolina called Mowgli's Palace. This specific story talks about an urban explorer finding the park and discovering the horrific reasons it actually closed. It was once so well, or it was so well, oh my gosh, I'm so tongue-tied. Oh, it's because I I wrote, it one was so well well written. (laughs) So I think I started to write this one and also it was. uh, So yeah, this one was so well written that many people believed that it might be true to an extent. As you read through it, it does get to a point where it's obviously fiction, but the description of the park were so detailed that people believed that the park aspect of the story was true. They believed that there really was an abandoned Mowgli Palace Park somewhere in North Carolina that had closed for suspicious reasons. There, I feel like I've read this, and there's pictures that go with it. Yeah, it, the people really yeah. ran with this one. It was, it's like the um, the Bart's what's that there's that simpsons episode it's like bart's death yeah there's there's that people like made a video for and there's also the it's another disney one the mouse suicide one yeah and it's a it's supposedly a lost disney cartoon that someone actually like went went ahead and made it to match the creepypasta um but people do stuff like that all the time they find something they love and they start making things to legitimize it you know and yeah. obviously, like, it's still fiction, but people are like, this is really cool. I want to make this real, you know? Yeah. Uh, so according to the story, Disney wanted a tropical island feel on the continental U.S., so they chose Emerald Isle in North Carolina. Unfortunately, it was inhabited by Nav- Native American tribes, so Disney asked for help from the federal government in, inquir- in acquiring the land, and I'm sure we all know how that went, um, and they begin work on the park. 
they started the work, had employees, were preparing to open, and then suddenly everything just stopped. Everyone was let go, all construction stopped, and everything was sealed up tight and never spoken about again. An urban explorer goes off camera in hand to discover what truly happened and happened there and what's left of the park. And once he gets to the character prep area, things begin to go horribly wrong. And he learns the true reason that it actually closed. And I won't tell you any more because you should go read it. It's really good. It's really, really fun read. And it's a really good creepypasta. What made people believe that there is a small grain of truth to this is the fact that there really are abandoned Disney parks out there that urban explorers have gotten into, such as River Country and Discovery Island, both of which have their own creepy legends about why they closed. And they're just as eerie as this creepypasta makes Mowgli's palace sound. Like the, it, It's a creepy thought going into a park that's just been abandoned and untouched and left to the wild. Yeah. Enough people wondered about Mowgli's palace and whether it had actually existed that Bright Sun Films actually posted a short documentary on it on YouTube for their abandoned series in 2017. Huh. But yeah, no, Mowgli's Palace was never real. Slime Beast is just a really good storyteller. Yeah, I remember like either reading all of this or part of this like on Tumblr back in the day. And like what sticks out to me was like the pictures that like somebody had created to go with it that were so eerie, but like looked like so believable too. And you were like, yes, this is 100% something I found out about from Tumblr. Yeah. Like, this whole episode is going to make me, like, get back into, like, creepypasta. I know. Like. <laughs> I, uh, there were, there have been a couple of creepypasta stories over yeah. the years that just really stuck with me. There was, like, one that I, like, did way too much research for because it was obviously fake. But it was, like, some Spongebob episode that was supposed to be, like, Squidward oh, yeah. suicide or something. Yes. And like clearly fake that I spent a lot of time looking into. <laughs> that's another one that people have created. Gated, parts of yeah. It. yeah. And I think that's why I spent so much time on it because like people had made like fan edits of this and I was just like, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to sleep for a week. This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think most big cartoons, like, really influential pieces of animation, like. I mean, maybe we don't think about SpongeBob as like that because, you know, we were alive when it was created, but yeah. it did a ton for children's animation. And like The Simpsons, hugely influential. Yeah. Mickey Mouse, hugely, hugely influential. influential. So inevitably, if you are really big, someone's going to try to create a dark side to you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. Very but yeah, nice. I, I love these stories. I love creepy yeah. Disney stuff. It's so much fun. If All you right. have any creepy pastas you want to submit Ooh, yes. to us, yep. send and us. I'll link to, yeah. I'll link to the Mowgli's Palace if I can find a good way to read it. Um, I'll link to Mowgli's Palace one if I can find it. I'll put the abandoned documentary. Um, I'll put up some of the photos of one Mr. One Way and the Crying yeah. Boy. And George and all of those great things. We'll put those on the blog. Um, and I think that brings us to Fever Dream or Disney Channel original movie, where Mint yep. will tell me a synopsis for two movies. And I have to guess which one was the real Disney Channel original movie and which one is made up. And right. Every week she turns her camera off, so I can't see her <laughs> face and try to guess. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Movie number one. 
The 13th Year aired in 1999 and stars basically nobody. Uh, you know it's a bad sign for a movie when you go onto Wikipedia and none of the actors like link to an article about them because they're so unknown. Um, Cody Griffin is your ordinary teenager to adoptive parents, except for the fact that his biological mother is a mermaid who left him on his adoptive parents' boat, presumably to keep him safe from being discovered. As she left abandoning him, a local fisherman, Big John, saw her and became obsessed with mermaids and proving they are real. Fast forward 13 years, Cody is obviously a strong swimmer and obviously on the school swim team <laughs> on his 13th... argue he's always been a strong swimmer huh yeah <laughs> on his 13th birthday <laughs> <joke>. <laughs> on his 13th birthday <laughs> that was one of the dumbest jokes i've ever made it's not even that funny <laughs> <laughs> mermaids even have kids like <laughs> on his 13th birthday <laughs> he drinks a lot of water which is apparently <laughs> what jump starts his transformation into a mermaid and not all the swimming <laughs> if I had watched this as a child I would have chugged like seven glasses of water in a row <laughs> The rest of the film follows Cody being a teenager who is also turning into a merman. There's a whole weird subplot where part of him being a merman means that he controls electricity. And he is also apparently very sticky. Things just stick to him for various plot-related reasons. There's also a sperm joke here. <laughs> the movie ends with Cody thwarting Big John's plan to capture his mother and prove to the world that girl... I was going to say girlfriends are real, that mermaids are real. <laughs> Jump-starting his girlfriend's heart with electricity after she drowns. I don't think that's how drowning works, but okay. And reuniting with his mother, leaving to spend the summer with her to learn how to be a merman. And also, his mother is telepathic, but only when convenient for the plot. This sounds vaguely familiar. It sounds like something else, and I think... There was, like, a really popular series called, like, H2O or Aquamarine or something that was, was like, girls that are mermaids. It was it was covered by either Drew Gooden, Curtis Connor, or Danny Gonzalez on their YouTube channel. And it's vaguely similar to this, like, just similar yeah. enough that, I'm like, it's making me feel like it's real. But I, the, you got to the electricity thing and I was like, nope, never heard of that. Like... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was there was it was like a show called like Aqua Aqua Marine or something that was like three mermaids. Yeah, that like it's basically this, but it's a boy. Yeah, and like she also discovers she was a mermaid all along, but like didn't know it. And also, there's mermaid hunters. I don't right. know. Right. Okay. So it sounds familiar to something else. So maybe it was Disney like trying to cash in on I'm a secret mermaid. Right. <laughs> Which is also just like. A typical girl fantasy. Yeah, like I said, if that I had seen this, if it's real, then I would have chugged several, like several glasses of water in a row, and then 
probably had an accident as a small child and been like, but I wanted to turn into a mermaid, not piss myself. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for movie number two? <laughs> yes. How many sperm jokes can we make about this one? <laughs> All right. Secrets in Salem airs in 1995 and follows 14-year-old Kat, who is sent to spend a school year with her aunt who lives in Salem, Massachusetts. Kat's aunt Hazel lives in an old house, right, in the center of Salem, and Kat quickly learns from her new friends at school that there are many legends about witches haunting their house, obviously, because Salem. Yeah. Um, Kat begins to hear strange noises in the house and begins to believe that the house is actually haunted despite her initial skepticism. While exploring the attic and basement, Kat begins to find clues that whoever is haunting the house might not actually be dead. By researching local archives, Kat discovers that their house was a stop on the Underground Railroad, complete with secret passages leading in and out of the house. Kat and her friends suspect that an out-of-town businessman, Walter Hines, wants to run Aunt Hazel out of the house so he can turn it basically into a tourist trap. Kat this and is her the plot of a Nancy Drew book. Basically, or actually, like no, it's this. Um, the go- oh my god, it's the second Nancy Drew book. I literally think I have it on that shelf. I think it's the Ghost in the Attic. Like that's literally the plot of this book. Yeah. Um, or any Scooby Doo. Like yeah, the- true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was some comedian who was like, the, uh, Scooby-Doo taught me that what I need to actually fear as a grown-up is crooked real estate developers. <laughs> Which is, like, true. Uh, Kat and her friends set up a trap for Walter and successfully revealed that Walter has been trying to commercialize Salem. Which is really funny if you've ever been to Salem, Massachusetts. You know how commercialized already it already is and has been since forever. Uh, the film ends with Kat looking forward to the rest of her year in Salem and nurturing a newfound love for history. Nice. Um, I was I was half right. It is number two. It's the Hidden Staircase. That's I like, think I've read that one. Yeah, probably that and Secret in the, of the Old Clock are the two that like everybody's read. Um, yeah, and it's Nancy's friend who doesn't appear until like number fifty again. Like she gets married and they just forget about her. <laughs> <laughs> There's also apparently a DS game called the hidden staircase Ooh, um only one left in stock i can only buy it used and it's 30 dollars. see if you can find like a rom for it to play on your computer oh yeah true oh yeah my uncle could totally get that on my atari board yeah um that what oh my god the tangents this episode are like (laughs) off the rails all right um Ooh, those are both good synopsis. I want to go with the first one just because I think it's funny because we had so much fun laughing at it. But the second one sounds more real to me. I think it's the second one. So, is that your final answer? Yes. So, the 13th year is the real one. Oh my god! (laughs) Oh my god. I just, like... I love that, like, they were just like, also, we're going to make you, like, control electricity. It'll come important. It'll be important later when your girlfriend drowns and you need to restart right. your heart. So that it really does. I want to find the video of the movie they were talking about. Are there mermaid hunters in this one? Yeah. So, like, there's the fisherman who, like, sees his mom and is like. Okay, so the movie that I'm thinking of that I heard the plot of, like, one of the commentator YouTubers that I love did it, like, it's this ancient clan of mermaid hunters. 
So I think this is a separate movie that I have heard yeah. about. And like, they are just remarkably similar. Like, all I could, like, think of when I was, like, reading about this was, like, they did this test run, and they were, like, this failed with a target audience, which was boys. Let's remake it for girls. And they basically did, God. like, Aquamarine. Because, obviously, they've never seen girls at a pool pretending to be Ariel. Like, right. you know. Yeah, you didn't need another mermaid. You've already got the mermaid. Okay, the insane mermaid movie nobody asked for. It's Danny Gonzalez. I did find, I had to Google it real quick. And I don't remember what, I just need to know what movie it was. Scales, Mermaids Are Real. Oh, I've never heard of that. Um, I think it was recent. And, oh, maybe it's not, oh my god, it might not even be the right one. There are lots of mermaid movies about, I yeah. suddenly discovered I was a mermaid. But that's yeah. the plot of, like, every young adult thing. Oh, my life right. was normal, and then I discovered I'm amazing. Right. All of a sudden, I came of age, and I'm a mythical creature. I'm. Turns out I'm a Greek god. Turns out I'm a wizard. Turns right. out I can take down whatever happened in the Hunger Games. Turns right. out I can navigate this maze. Like, it's all young adult books. So, yeah. like, it's not surprising that, you know. But, God, you're... Your write-ups get better and better every week. <laughs> I think all but once you have convinced me that the fake one was real. I'm pretty proud of it, to be honest. Like, yeah. I think I think Disney should hire me to like pitch ideas to them. Oh my gosh, yeah, I would absolutely watch all of these, and so would kid. Like, kids would absolutely eat the stuff up. Yeah, we like next time we're together, we're gonna watch one of the real. What like, was the one? Oh my gosh, there was one that I said we had to watch. I don't remember. I, I feel like all one. of them have been so rich. Like, we we have to watch all of them. But, like, next time we're together, we're going to watch one of these and do, like, a YouTube reaction video. Oh, shoot. What was the one that you did the week about? It, the paper route one wasn't real, but the other one was real. Was that? It Rock was the first wine. episode. Oh no, Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme was a different one. That one's insane. Oh, I can't remember. Hold on. I'm going to pull up our Tumblr. Wish Upon a Star was the real one from that the first it. episode with Catherine yeah. Heigl. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I wanted to watch because I still can't believe Catherine Heigl did child acting. Alright. We should actually wrap this episode up. <laughs> that's what I was just about to say. I'm like, alright, we're going to stop rambling now and say remember how we worried that this episode was gonna be short yeah and then we yeah. just started talking and then we never stopped and then i made a stupid joke and we laughed for 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> all right so if you have suggestions for episodes or like we said good creepy pastas that you think we should read go find us on social media we are on uh instagram twitter twitch tumblr youtube I think I even made us a Reddit, and we are Disney Adults Pod, all one word, on everything. It's super easy. Go find us, reach out, give us suggestions. Us, like your creepy Disney experiences. Like, have you if had anybody a else get their yeah. pigtails pulled? Let yeah. me know. Tell us. <laughs> all right. Lots of love, guys, from Mitten Mabel. Love and Pixie Dust. Is that what I say? I can't remember what yeah, I say. It is. And we, we skip <laughs> recording for one week and we week. forget everything. <laughs> But uh, we love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.